following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. <laughs> I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you, good. The Jackal. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, guys. Thought I might uh, crash your little watch party. I have a question that is the mother of all our questions as a fandom. When will you release the Snyder Cut? There it is. Yes. There it is. It's a hard question. I don't know. What do you think, Henry? I reckon you should show it. We're doing it. So get ready. <laughs> And we're going to talk about that tonight, guys. Uh, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head. We're here live on psn-radio.com. Lots to get to, but uh, we're going to make it short and sweet tonight. No news, no corners. We're just going to get right to it. We're going to eat some crow, me and Alex. The Snyder Cut is real. Joining me on the uh, podcast tonight later on will be none other than Dr. Joseph Mara for the main hour interview. A lot of you might know already there is... Hot news, the Snyder Cut is real, and I'm joined by my good friend Alex 2.0. Alex, are you there? Yes, I am here, and I'm as shocked as you are. (laughs) Shocking revelations going on this week. (laughs) Mind-blowing, bro, let me tell you. Never thought Uh, this would happen, to be honest. We've had uh, how many months now of these uh, crazy, maybe not so crazy, very vocal fans are screaming, Snyder Cut, Snyder Cut. Well, and ever, it ever happened. Since the, ever since the theatrical Justice League movie came out, it's been that way. So <laughs> it's been a long, long road for them. Yeah. yeah uh, crazy. Years. It took yeah. years. But, you know, um, this is in, in, you know not unprecedented for Warner Brothers. They, of course, did the Richard Donner Cut a few years ago. Um, so this kind of like is not shocking in that sense that they would do something like this. Um, but it's shocking that the fans were so vocal that they caved in because at least with the Richard Donner cut, there wasn't like that uprising of fans, uh, that made this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, that was, uh, fans within the Warner Brothers department, they looked at it and, you know, they heard the fans say, we, you know, we would like to see what, uh, Donner was doing uh, and what he would have released uh, even though the entire thing wasn't finished here this was a completely different animal there was about a four hour cut already done with more scenes and stuff that was supposed to be added and here we have Zack Snyder uh, who uh, you know has been maybe playing along and teasing for over the last couple of years about this mm-hmm. and he's finally uh, put out also you know the yeah it's happening we got confirmation now. Warner Brothers confirmed the Snyder Cut not only is happening. Confirmed? It's been a while since I said that. <laughs> confirmed. Yeah. And it's happening on HBO Max streaming. That's, the, I think, the most shocking part about this. Would you agree on that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, now everybody can see it. But you have to get HBO Max. Yeah, that's true. But like, <laughs> what's going on in the world, you know, people are at home. You know, now they got, you know, they could watch it if uh, they don't want to go out to the movie theater. It's, that's, you know, something that uh, more and more, I think, of these stream, uh, streaming technologies are going to be taken advantage of. Uh, because we're all kind of scared to go to the theaters and check out, you know, movies in a big group. Um, I think because of that, they, they're going to do more 
high content, high quality, uh, big budget stuff for the streaming. So, I mean, this is going to like uh, maybe up the ante a little bit and uh, it, it maybe have a positive domino effect uh and maybe not i mean we're not fans you and i of the men of steel and batman v superman movies no nope. by, by said director zack snyder uh-huh. uh but this uh could be good if it's done right i mean you never know i mean uh i, I, know, I know if you heard already that they're they're not sure if it's going to be the actual four-hour complete film or it's going to be split into like a miniseries type of thing, which I, I expected to happen. To be honest, that's what I, I think it might happen. But I mean, how many you know how many minutes could they have? How many uh, you know episodes could they possibly squeeze out of a four-hour cut? Like half an hour. You know, if they split half an hour, yeah, they could do maybe what eight episodes. About yeah. So I mean, that will kind of keep in uh, in line with what you know we're seeing a lot of like. The Mandalorian, for example, is, you know, yeah. a short season uh, series, uh, which would make sense. But then would they come back and do a season two? Well, they would have to spend more money on uh, another Justice League movie if they would, you know. Right. And that now that puts a whole lot of things into perspective because does this mean that we're going to get uh, season one, season two, maybe season three? Are you going to bring back what? Henry Cavill? It's funny you call it season one, season two, season three, because this was filmed as a movie, not a show. Right. So that's what feels kind of – it's going to be weird seeing it as a miniseries because that's not – that's when that's, that's not what Snyder meant it to be. Right. From the, from the beginning. Exactly. Um, so I feel like – I mean in my opinion, whether it's good or bad, I prefer it if it's the four-hour uh, four movie because that's mm-hmm. what it was meant to be. So like it's – fuck it. I mean like it's put it on there uh, and – as a movie, and yep. I think it will. The pacing will be weird if you know you get to a half an hour of the beginning, and then all of a sudden there's credits, and like you go to the next chapter. It's like it's gonna. Oh, what? I honest, Snyder and his editors can find a way to make it seem flow fine as a miniseries. Well, remember, a lot of these things are fixed in post-production. That's uh, you right. know, and it's a lot of work to do. But with CGI, it makes it a little bit easier, um, you know, to do a lot of these things. And, you know, my big question is, uh, and it's been kind of confirmed in a sense, uh, are you going to bring back the players that were in this thing? Again, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and the rest of the cast. Um, Obviously, you can get Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot to come back. Um, I don't know about Ezra Miller. He's still in hot water for choking that chick. <laughs> he ran, so, with the, ran like a flash out of that situation because no one's talking about that right now. You know that's yeah. true, but didn't they uh, move on from that movie? I mean, it wasn't that announced. It's still, yeah, it's still in development. You know, it has a release date. They're still waiting. You know, everything's all cleared so they can go on back into production of all these other movies. That's all these other DC movies that are supposed to come out in the next few years. Um, but yeah, I think I've read an article that. Uh, they they expect to, a lot of the actors to come back just to do ADR at least. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Snyder never gets to do that in his original cut. So it would make sense to bring all those guys back at least just for that, or maybe like a little extra scene. Maybe Snyder wants to put, you know. Well, they're spending uh, from what I understood twenty million dollars 
Right. And uh, and this thing, which it seems like a lot of money for just a few extra scenes, but it depends, I guess, the quality of the scenes. But I'm not worried about that so much. I'm worried about how different some of the actors are going to look. For example, Ben Affleck. He's not in the same shape he was when he did the original movie a few years ago. Right. Uh, is he going to now have to get back into that kind of shape to be Batman again? Or, you know, even Bruce Wayne. He's going to look really different. Uh, and originally, when the original film came out, the reports were that they used about 80% of Snyder's footage and 20% of Joss Whedon's footage. And that's kind of been like the narrative. Right. Uh, if that's the truth, and uh, you know what got cut wasn't that dramatic, it's going to really feel kind of weird because you're going to have three pretty much different-looking Batman, Bruce Wayne. Right, yeah. You know, because of the different that's time why, periods. That's why I feel like, uh, at least in ben, for Ben Affleck, he, his part in finishing the Snyder Cut is just going to be ADR. That would make sense. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've heard, like, like maybe Ray Fisher, mm, probably Jason Momoa, like, mm-hmm. they're going to be back to do actual scenes. Um, But... Not, I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. I mean, they barely just announced this thing. Um, also, yeah. for, I like to go to go back to the whole. You know, is it gonna be a movie or a miniseries? I don't. You know, the more I think about it, I think it might go in the miniseries route because, like, think about this. Like HBO Max knows people are just gonna, you know, or uh, sign up for the HBO Max account, watch the movie, and then when they're done with it, they're gonna cancel it. You know, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think the smart thing for them as a business. Is have have it as a miniseries, but show each chapter like each week, like they did the Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. Correct. So, like, yeah. so you know they won't lose uh, members after a day or two. That I think they learned it from uh, like Netflix because every time you know they do like Stranger Things, mm-hmm. their Netflix you know has the fan base that automatically will purchase. Uh, Netflix just to see it, and then as soon as they see it and binge it for a while, boom, they lose that fan base and they're gone. And uh, I think that's a, a smart thing to do. But again, if they do it like that, then that would imply they're going to do a, a series so to keep the fans, you know, there. So season two, season three. Um, now this does open the doors, like I said, for other things. Uh, could this include? Uh, perhaps maybe a spinoff for Cyborg. Maybe some doing of the Flash with yeah. Ezra, Ezra for, Miller for like for like for HBO Max strictly like that. Like have their the Snyderverse right. continue, but in HBO Max instead of theaters. Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean that would be a good way to continue it without having to have like Ben Affleck put himself through what he had to put himself to become you know Batman. Right. I mean, yeah, because I, you, you, realistically, he can't come back because you really got a new Batman already. So it's like, uh <laughs> I mean, how weird is that going to be? We're going to have Ben Affleck on TV. Um, we're going to have uh, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson in the movie theaters playing, uh, you know, Batman. Um, there's a possibility that we're going to see him on the CW also somehow. Right. Uh, whoever plays him, who knows. Uh there's going to be like three different interpretations, maybe of the Joker also, maybe four at this point. I think they might, <laughs> they might be going a little bit too much with this. And we already have two flashes. We had three, but one committed suicide. 
you know, the, the guy who played him in the 90s, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but if you've watched the show, he's gone. Right. And, and so, you know, how many interpretations of multiverses are we going to get bombarded with? I'm still old school. I like the, you know, the idea of having one actor play that part for a long period of time. Like when we had Christopher Reeve as Superman in the 70s right. yeah. and 80s, that was Superman. You know, we looked at that, you know, person as the Men of Steel. Now it's like you have Tyler Hutchins, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Henry Cavill, Brandon Ralph, Tom Welling. It's like and whoever two, played him, whoever two, played him in Shazam. <laughs> yeah, whoever the body double was yeah. in Shazam. But uh, it's it's a little too much uh, when it comes to the live action. I think for a lot of these heroes. Um, and it kind of cheapens, you know, the the whole thing a little bit. You know, would you agree with that? I agree to a certain to a certain extent. I mean, I I do feel like yeah, I'm kind of like you. Like, oh, this should be just one actor for a few years, and then you want to change the actors, wait a few more years, then do your own story. But at the same time, it's like, oh, what if you let's say this, we got three different Supermans. What if you don't like two of the three? You, you could just watch the other one. <laughs> you know, it's like eh, pick and choose, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one the one thing they could always say is like, well, it's on a different platform, it's a different universe. Uh-huh. You know, you have the CW again, HBO Max. Um, you know, you have uh, theatrical cuts and movies. So they could always say, well, they're different uh, universes. And uh, the cool thing is, if you if they ever do want to do a, another multiverse type of angle. Uh, now they can really pull in all these different actors from uh, different uh, platforms and put them in maybe a movie or something like that. Um, that is kind of neat. Uh, but again, it, it, I, I would like to see, for example, uh, you know, Shazam from the movie theater, you know, from the theatrical version, maybe come out on uh, the CW, you know, on one of the episodes. I mean, look what got a lot of buzz when uh, they did Flashpoint on TV. Right, yeah. When Ezra Miller came on in yeah. the two flashes, right? So mm-hmm. just think about the buzz you would get if you have, again, like Henry Cavill come out of Superman instead of having Tyler and anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, have that one person represent the character, and then whether we like him or not, build on that character. So, we're, you know, the people that didn't like him because of one interpretation, they, you know, they could follow, maybe start liking the actor in the suit. Uh, now it's like, well, pick the one you like, and we'll go with it. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the cool thing to do. It seems, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes for uh, at least uh, interesting ideas, and I, and I guess they are trying to like compete with the uh, the other big boy Marvel, who is doing yeah. similar things. So, I mean, I, I heard some fans uh, comment on this, and you might get a chuckle. Uh, they're saying that uh, Josh Wheaton now uh, looks like he was sent in to like destroy Warner Brothers as a, maybe right. a spy for Marvel. What do you think? Uh, nah, that's just <laughs> that's just a ridiculous um, theory, I guess. A conspiracy theory, you want? To <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they hired him. They hired him because he was the Avengers guy. And they thought, oh, we, we get that. He's done a team up movie, so let's get him to finish this movie. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, I mean, it was light. It was Avengers was super light and and funny. So let's make and it made a billion dollars. Like let's make it like that. You know that's what that was the mindset of WB at the time. And look when end end games kind of proved that you know you could start light and, and soft, but end games was like you know a really 
you know, really hard-hitting movie for a lot of fans, you know, because Good, of, you know. you know, the way it ended the, the saga with Iron Man and, and all that right. stuff, but... Um, that's, that's the 10 years and 22 movies build up, you know, I mean, that's... Well, yeah, <laughs> on the top. Yeah, Warner Brothers, I think, tried to jump a little too far ahead without building. That was the main issue earlier on. So, I mean, this is a cool way for them to build on streaming. Uh, you know, we we got on here because we wanted to uh, show our support to our friend uh, Zod Ryder. No, that's uh, Zod Ryder. You got you won, brother. He, he won this round for sure. And uh, you know, it's funny because I I, I poked a lot at him. Because we all years, did, <laughs> we all did. But I had a little extra nudge in there because you know, for years, I was made fun of for being a fan of the Dark Knight trilogy by uh, by one Christopher Nolan. Yes, uh, the Holy yeah, but, One. Yeah, but the, yeah, but those movies are good though. That's the thing. You know, they're, <laughs> they're good because we love them. But you know, yes. movies are subjective to what you like. Yes, uh, as some people uh, like to say a lot in their podcasts, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's true, and. Uh, you know, we're you know we're made fun of for by a lot of uh, trolls out there for just liking Dark Knight and uh, for liking Christopher Nolan's movies in general. He has a Tenet coming out now, yes. uh, which the trailer just dropped and it was flipping amazing. Yes, and uh, which I gotta so- say, I gotta say, if, if it's either WB or Nolan's like final word, I guess oh, it's it's gonna be it's WB's final word. But like having a movie released in July, the first movie to come out in theaters since it cl- everything's closed down like now like when if that movie comes out in july like it's supposed to it, that weekend it's gonna be nothing but <laughs> tenant showings mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to worry about a full room full of people you can go to some other room that's empty correct yeah yeah <laughs> it's, I mean, and that's gonna that's actually gonna help its box office despite uh covid19 i mean bloodshot i think is the number one movie in the in the country probably uh this year so far um and, and the, visible, wow. the visible man i believe really oh man that's that's some sad sad and, stuff yeah I mean, those movies came out like a few weeks before everything closed down so it's like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately bloodshot i think would have been a lot bigger um if it wasn't for everything closing down right no, on I it mean, I mean, like when that movie came out, people were already going crazy buying toilet paper and shit. So <laughs> <laughs> I know a few that were hoarding toilet paper to this day. They have yeah. a room full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, and since if, if since if Tenet is one of the few movies that gets critically acclaimed this year, and they still have the Oscars, that's gonna be Nolan's Oscar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, who knows? I mean, that's if they don't cancel the Oscars. Well, that might happen. That wouldn't that be something that gets canceled? Or I mean, that'd be crazy because no big yeah. movies come on. I mean, Tenet really would be the, the biggest thing, unless you just judge from then on. You know, because there's really nothing else to judge. So we'll see how Tenet does. If if people go out and they support it, and it's huge, I suspect that other companies are going to start putting you know their big movies out there. Because again, you know, you said the Oscars. That's a big event in Hollywood. Um, they're not going to want to lose that, you know, that money from the revenue they bring in every year on that. And I really doubt Hollywood is going to, you know, let something like a, a virus, uh, you know, that has already killed a lot of people. But uh, I doubt they're going to let that stop them from making money. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, it's all about that bread, and they have a lot of bills to cover. So, 
uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's a numbers game. And uh, if this movie does well, and I suspect, like you said, I think it's going to do, you know, really, really well. And it's, uh, again, Christopher Nolan. So it's going to be a mind bender. Uh, you know, I think that might open the, the doors back to people going back and, and start watching movies in theaters. It's funny because the trailer just dropped for that, for Tenet, uh, and I had just posted a, a thing on my website mm-hmm. about NASA uh, kind of discovering evidence of a possible parallel universe, possible. Right, yeah. It works in reverse, mm-hmm. which is what kind of Tenet is about. And I'm like, is uh, Christopher Nolan really God, or is he like, He's got I mean, some government government connections or something. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. And funny enough, I posted on the on the page also uh, the episode on sliders mm-hmm. where they dealt about the same sub- subject a couple of decades ago. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe Tracy Torme, who uh, wrote that script, uh, or was involved creating that show. Maybe he's uh, the son of God. I don't know. But these guys, uh, maybe know something we don't. But uh, exciting time to be a fan right now, and uh, we have uh, you know some stuff to look forward to in uh, these terrible times. Um, and we got to give uh, you know props where props is due. Zod Ryder, he wrote this thing out for years, and uh, it, it literally his uh, podcast became the Zod Ryder releases Snyder Cut. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's. And uh, you know when when it does come out next year, I hope you I hope you love it as much as you you know loved Man of Steel and Batman Superman. The <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. I hope it, it lives up to to your own hype. I mean yeah, and I say that with uh, no sarcasm whatsoever. No, well you know most of the audience are gonna like love it anyway, just because but, you know they've been but, bleeding for this yeah, thing. But then again, when a movie gets hyped this much, it never lives. It really ever lives up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but have you ever seen a movement that had this many people that uh, were pushing for something like this to come out? Um, I don't think. I mean, even the hype of Star Wars '99, or even for well, the that's a totally 40, different monster, you know, it's a different monster, but it's a different kind of hype. This is like there's a very, very like diehard Zack Snyder centric fan base that loved Man of Steel, that loved Batman v Superman. They were like, no, 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 we we want this, you know, Snyder Cut really bad. And they were very, very vocal. So, I mean, this is like kind of the first time I've seen something like that happen. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them because they made it happen. Uh, now, would this mean, you know, we start other hashtag movements uh, and we started other movements. Is the, that going to happen? The, the air cut of Suicide Squad, that's the next one that... Yeah. People are lighting up to do, but David Ayer, have you seen his tweets recently? He kind of has like a, uh, kind of he he's given up. He's, he seems like like oh, he's kind of like well, whatever, thank you, but like eh, well, it's not gonna happen. Like <laughs> where, where's the difference with Zack Snyder? He always was champion. Like yes, thank you. Like yes, I want my movie to come out. You know, um, I don't know. We might, you know, who knows? We might get a Josh Trank cut of a uh, Fantastic Four, one of these states. You don't know. Ooh. Man. I will. I would see that. I mean, just out of curiosity at this. Point. Well, at this point, yeah. Why not? I mean, if it's if it exists, uh, just uh, you know, do whatever finishing and post you need to do, and just put it out. Why not? You know, uh, um, about, I know you hate this movie, but uh, the uh, Lord Miller cut of Solo. 
I want to see that spoof movie. <laughs> Why not, man? I mean, the movie, you know, you know, put it at Disney yeah. Plus. Do it. You know what? You know, that would I, that, that would fucking make bank. I think it it would uh, interest a lot of folks. Uh, I really probably would skip it still because I really didn't like the uh, the initial cut, and uh, I can only imagine if it's even goofier and and that's what they were saying. It's really in, like not. It didn't feel like Star Wars. It felt like you know a goofy comedy, weird you know thing. Uh, that's why the you know the replacement happened with Ron Howard, who's a good director. I mean, I don't want to shit on on Ron Howard. He is a very good director. But he came uh, in to fix a movie. That's yeah, and uh, he had to fix uh, a mess in the middle of production. Uh, not only that, he hasn't really directed a, a hit movie in a long time. That's been, you know, a legit um, big budget movie. So. There's that also. He was probably he probably was a little bit rusty when he did solo. So I would like to see him like really uh, be given the chance to do his own Star Wars uh, spinoff movie uh, that has him from the beginning all the way to the end. You know, in full control of the of the thing with the writing everything, and uh, not be on like a character like Solo. You know, but that's a different. Uh, no, see, top. they might have they might have him direct an episode in Mandalorian in the future. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, let's uh, just again give it up to our friend Zod Ryder. Yep. He pow, won. pow. Pow, pow. He won this round, and uh, next year he'll get to see his Snyder Cut. And uh, all the banners are flying over the Warner Brothers Studios uh, begging for the release. And that billboard they put out on, on the uh, Hollywood uh, a couple, uh, what was it, a few weeks ago? Asking yeah. for the release, uh, it all worked. It yeah. all worked. So, kudos to the fans. Kudos to you, Zod Ryder, for sticking it out. And uh, let's see what happens now uh, in the near uh, future, in the next year, with the Snyder Cut. Yeah, kudos to uh, Zack Snyder. I mean, you, he's gonna get to finish his vision. And who knows? So he speak. might he might expand on it, and uh, maybe that's a different animal now, going into this very weird future we have with uh, the lockdown. Yes. Uh-huh. So, hey, streaming, that's the future. So, let's see what happens. Uh, thanks for uh, being here on the podcast uh, with me, uh, Alex, and Eating Crow. And yeah. when this thing is uh, released, Tastes uh, good. Mm. we're going to actually probably have some real-life crow, and we'll be eating with some hot sauce and and watching on a streaming platform that we're going to pay a whole lot of money just for. Don't. Just don't. Just Zod Ryder, if he joins us next time we do something like this, don't bring grandma's peach tea. That's all I ask. Please. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> For the love of the maker. Uh-huh. Don't do it. Don't. Yeah. Don't. All right. Uh, well, uh, before we go, I wanted to give you the uh, chance to uh, promote your uh, – upcoming events on the internet. I know you're also a very dedicated podcaster yourself, like our friend Zod Ryder, and I know that you have a couple of things that you have been working on. You want to tell the audience about uh, what you have uh, coming up, Alex? Yes, uh, this weekend, uh, me and my uh, crew, we're called the Movie Busters I'm here on YouTube, and my channel, Alex 2.0, that's where you check out all our shows. We're doing the Friday 13th movies since it's the 40th anniversary of the very first movie. 
Nice. One, yeah, yeah, one we've been planning and doing for a while now, and we're going to cover the first eight films, which is the Paramount era, and then we'll, we'll cover the rest, which is the New Line era, uh, at another time. And plus, wow. also, also cool. in the cards, yeah, also in the cards, we're we're gonna cover the Karate Kid films, plus Cobra Kai, which I just saw, and I, spoiler alert, I really enjoy that show, and I, I can now understand finally, since I didn't grow up with the franchise, I can understand why people love it. I see it now, I understand it, and that's cool. You know? Um, I told you, once you watch the uh, the original movies and you watch Cobra Kai, it, it just it all makes sense. Yes, uh-huh. And since we're talking about uh, Snyder, DC, and the Snyder Cut, uh, check out my DCE show. Uh, DCEU show that we, <laughs> I did, that we did last year. Uh, we covered from the beginning with Man of Steel all the way to Shazam. And very interesting uh, uh, op- uh, opposite opinions on that. Uh, I was the only one, spoiler alert, I was the only one who didn't like the Snyder films in that show <laughs> out of the four of us. But... Well, yeah, it was a civil conversation. It's fun. It's a the best show we've ever done so far, in my opinion. That's cool. That's cool. Um, any uh, you mentioned a, a Facebook you want to give out? Just in case anybody wants to follow you on Facebook or Twitter. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter. Search uh, Alex Tupono, and that is in words. Alex, the words Alex two point Right. Don't put a, a little period because that's going to send you to some porn star up in Nevada. Yeah, I'm not a porn <laughs> star, and I'm don't live in Nevada, so that ain't me. <laughs> so yeah, it's Alex 2.0, all spelled out on Twitter. Check his uh, workout and uh, check out you know all the stuff that he has on the internet. Uh, really cool having you on again, brother. And uh, stay safe during the uh, you know the lockdown. And uh, I know you're up in uh, an area that's a little bit heated, so. Yes. Uh, you know, stay uh, stay clear. Are you wearing your mask, by the way? On, uh... Oh, yeah, every day. It's mandatory, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just don't do what uh, one Mr. Schmule did and go for a subway at 3 in the morning. Oh, no, no. I would never I never uh, <laughs> fake a hate crime. There you go. Good job. <laughs> but then again, I was stopped by the police uh, recently, and that was 100% true. I didn't make that up. That is a true story. I saw that, and uh, that that was kind of uh, bizarre. And uh, you know, we're living those times, man. It's. Uh, it's I mean, it, really, it really was upsetting because I was practically accused of something I never do. So it's like I know uh, you're not a drinker. That's no. crazy. Uh-huh. That's one thing you and I share. We we have a love for one thing and uh, one drink only. That's Baja Blast. If he said, if the if the police officer said your 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 vehicle smells like Baja Blast, and I was like guilty as charged. Yes, <laughs> but that wasn't you, the case. You, you shall continue on your path if uh-huh. it's Baja Blast. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's funny though. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're doing their job. So you know, uh, they're they're trying to do the best they can. Uh, and, uh, you know, one thing, though, it's, that's always uh, upsetting is when we think about it as racial profiling. Uh, so, you know, that, that unfortunately, it sounds like what happened to you, bro. So that's, well, you know. In my case, I don't think it was racial profiling because they didn't. I don't have enough evidence to, ba- evidence to back that up. But it seemed more like they, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and decided to just fuck with somebody that was on the road. Yeah, and you were swerving a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I was. I I stick by that. You know, he had you his were... bright. 
He was had his bright lights behind me. I'm just saying. That would make anybody swerve. I would. Yeah. <laughs> now, but you're a good man, and I know that uh, you know your your story was legit. So, uh, at least something bad happened, and you're still here. You didn't. I'm uh, still alive. So you didn't end up getting shot or anything, so you're no. good. <laughs> yeah, I that would I had no choice. You, yeah, exactly. Imagine during the outbreak, you're the one guy that gets shot and doesn't yeah. die from coronavirus. I, mean, I would have become a martyr, though. That's what would happen. Oh, yeah, that would have been true. We would have seen pictures of you on the news with a bow tie and, and a suit. Right. Smiling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everybody would be crying. And, yeah. You know? So what good would it have done you? You know? But then there would be a huge, um, huge... Um, Audience saying like, "Oh, he deserves it. What was he doing at night?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then there'll be a whole battle. He was probably, yeah, I would probably you would probably hear he was probably illegal anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, you you were born here, right? I was. Yeah. So how can I even be possible? <laughs> Actually, I'm an anchor, baby. Don't tell anyone. Ooh, don't tell that, nobody. That's actually not true either. <laughs> hey, even if you were, you're still a good guy, so yeah. don't worry about that. Uh, you know, thanks again now for doing this uh, and uh, being here on the show. All right, no problem. Good luck with the uh, the podcasting and everything else, brother. Okay. Thank you. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? No. Holy s***. <laughs> that was the... Yeah. Yeah. 10 seconds of... Uh, no. What are you that was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. I'm Omar Navarro, and I approve of this message. Maxine Waters has spent decades doing nothing in D.C. and dividing our nation. Now, she's leading the charge to impeach President Donald Trump. Impeachment is the imperative. He really should be punished. Radical Democrats like Maxine Waters are pushing the United States toward the brink of civil war. That's why Omar Navarro is taking on Mad Maxine and defending our president. In 2020, let's bring Americans back together and continue making America great. I'm Omar Navarro, and I approve of this message. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities, welcome live musical guests, present fascinating feature segments, and take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. This is a mission inspired by the belief that every American deserves access to the highest quality hemp extract available. It's time we stand together and declare that natural shouldn't be the alternative. We're live with uh, Joseph F. Mara, Mr. Uh, Wellness himself. How are you doing, sir? Welcome back to Inside the Jackal Set. As I promised the audience, we're going to have a hell of a uh, interview tonight. And it's been a long time since I've had you on this show and a long time since we spoke on Skywatchers. So welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head, sir. How are you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm great. Thank you for uh, having me back. 
been a while. Now, yeah, it's, it's been more than a minute. Uh, 2013 was the last time you were on uh, the show here. <laughs> we were talking wow. off the yeah, we we're talking off air, uh, guys, and we we're, and were like reminiscing on the uh, last time we were together on the show here. And uh, 2013 seems uh, just like yesterday. In fact, I was fixing up a podcast we were on. And we were talking about doing, uh, I know you, you know, you were talking about doing your show here on the network for a while. And, uh, that came to fruition somewhat, but, you know, you've been doing a lot of stuff since then on your own. Give us an update, and, uh, I, we don't have five hours, it's been several years. So, uh, do, do your, <laughs> do your best to give us the best update you can, because, you know, well, you know, it's been a long time since I was doing this show, believe it or not. I went away for a long time. As I told you, because of you know health issues and whatnot, and uh, I've only uh, gotten back since last year, and, and it's uh, one of those things where I'm trying to reach out to everybody that I loved when I was on the show on a, on a regular basis, and you're one of my favorites. And I know the audience when they heard that I was coming back to this show, a lot of the uh, old Skywatcher fans that were like, "Oh, you gotta have Joseph on. You're one of the." Uh, the guys they enjoyed on Skywatchers, so I know a lot of the old Jackal's Head, you know, listeners are going to enjoy getting caught up. So tell us what you've been up to. Wow, well, thank you so much. Um, God, I'll give you the elevator version. Since 2013. Okay, that works. <laughs> now, if you remember, I was living in New Mexico back then. Yep. And uh, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and uh, just to give you a quick synopsis i had a urgent care center which uh turned into three they grew so big back in 2006 up to 2011 and then i moved to new mexico and started working for a a uh, a clinic there and uh 2015 i moved back to pennsylvania and since then i've been working in a pain management uh facility and doing things like radio frequency prp um just all kind of joint injections my favorite is the radio frequency, where you actually mm. go in, you numb the person up, uh, whether it be their lumbar, their SI joints, their knees, and you can go in under X-ray and you uh, uh, you numb them up, you burn the nerves for 60 seconds, and they don't have pain for uh, three months up to two years. And so, I guess I better start with this with this isn't medical advice, you know, unless you're my patient. So when you do these radio interviews. You know, you just got to be cautious of what information you put out there. These are basically my opinions and just my experiences. So mm-hmm. if anybody has any health care problems, they need to follow up with their PCP. But moving forward here, um, I uh, went from the pain management place. I was also working at a drug and alcohol rehab and detox. And uh, most recently, uh, I opened up my another practice. Uh, it's called the Interstellar Wellness Center. And if you Google it, you'll be able to see all the things, all the modalities that I provide mm-hmm. there. And so in a nutshell, um, in the elevator version, that's basically what I've been doing. I, I'm still out, and, you know, once in a while I get out and I do a little bit of exploration. I mean, last time we talked, I was all over the place. I mean, I was going from <laughs> all over the U.S., and I went down to Mexico to check out yep. the Mayans and all that before 2012. I went up to East Eddy Ranch and checked out the, the UFOs up there, uh, I mean, on and on and on. I, I mean, anything that was of, like, you know, uh, the, the UFO world or the ghostly realm or the Mayans or anything, it really intrigued me, right? And 
I know a lot of people are like, well, how the heck did you get into doing family medicine and you do these things too? And uh, it's just always been of interest to me. And, you know, no, it's funny it, because... Interstellar uh, you know, Wellness Center, uh, Interstellar, have you had any travelers from the interstellar community show up yet? So this is what I was going to get to. Um, ah, you okay. would be surprised <laughs> of uh, the, the patients that uh, a provider sees if you okay. have eyes to, to see it. Like a lot of, a lot of uh, guys are, you know, a lot of docs are 3D, and that's all they focus on. In fact, they focus on just that part in family, whether it be family medicine or anything else. They don't look at the holistic view of the person. I mean, there's the, you know, there's the energetic part of the person. There's the emotional. There's the physical. Uh, you know, there's just so many components to the physical uh, ex- human experience. And if you don't look at the whole picture, you miss the boat. And so mm-hmm. I've had all kinds of people from all walks of life, and I'm talking the, the the alphabet letter agencies that have been in, underground base guys, all that kind of stuff. And so you would be surprised at the information that comes across. It's pretty crazy. Mm, interesting. And and but when I say interstellar community, have uh, you been contacted by any? Uh, peoples from other worlds who have uh, revealed any uh, sort of information in the last few years? Uh, I would, I'll have to say no to that. No? No, nothing yet? Huh? No. No, no, but can't, <laughs> I can't come on here sound like some crackpot that I'm seeing aliens in my practice or something like that. <laughs> so, I mean, this, <laughs> it's, there's a fine line of, of practicing and, and not sound like a nut. And so even though you see things that are something that you haven't uh, um, learned in school, it's not in the books. For instance, if someone comes in right. and they tell you that, hey, there's there's going to be a huge earthquake in Haiti next week, and then all of a sudden next week comes, was it a coincidence that that happened? I mean, there's lots of things like that and, and weird things and ghostly things that people come in and tell me about, and it's just... I don't know. You you know, you're not taught how to to really deal with them and you can't think everybody's crazy when thousands of people see ghosts or see UFOs. So, I'm of open-minded course, yeah. to to listen to these people and not think that everybody's crazy. And so, you know, you just got to work through it. No, no, I completely agree. Now, let me uh let's uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, interstellar wellness. How does this work? So, you know, I have back issues. We spoke about this earlier. I was involved in a car accident. Uh, how could you help me, for example? So most of the stuff that I do is, like, local, because if, in order for me to give you a PRP injection, for instance, you physically have to be there. Now, I right. could do telemedicine, which means that you could potentially uh, fill out all the information for me mm-hmm. um, that legally allows me to treat you, and then we do kind of like uh, Skype or Zoom or, you know, there's there's all kind of different uh, um, televised sir. things that you can, yeah, that are outlets that you can do right. that are uh, HIPAA compliant. And right. uh, Polycom is one of them that I used to use. But if it was a family medicine thing, like you could uh, um, schedule an appointment and then I actually – you know, um, kind of like Skype, you just connect and then um, what most people don't realize is that 85% of a diagnosis comes from the history. So if the doc or the provider isn't asking you the right questions to 
to elicit the right answers, then they're not getting the right diagnosis. And so right. 85% comes from that history, 10% comes from the physical exam, which a lot of uh, telemedicine you can see, you can hear, and then the person describes things of what's going on with you. And then 5% is just if I was to order an x-ray at your local hospital or lab work, and then that basically confirms what I already suspected what was wrong with you. And so that's how we practice medicine. We play the numbers. What's the chances that a um, single white male this age would have this problem? And so you don't always have to be in the physical presence of somebody in order to get the correct diagnosis, especially after you've done this for years and years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, what do you think the uh, the chances are, the, like, for example, with modern medicine uh, and technology, are, are you folks using modern technology uh, in part of your work, and uh, has that become uh, or made it easier for you to do? So what I was talking about earlier, like the radio frequency, that's uh-huh. like one of the best things that I've ever come across, and people get scared. And even myself, before I started to do it myself or my patients at the pain management facility, I used to be like, what do you mean they're going to burn your nerves? No, run. (laughs) They're going to burn. Well, I didn't realize that they were burning the sensory nerves, not their motor nerves. I didn't know enough about it. And so I was just ignorant. And, you know, it's my fault. I just just didn't know what I didn't know. But now I realize that when you're focusing, um, you know, say you have uh, this chronic knee pain and you're, say, 45 years old. And you're too young for surgery because the the knees, the prosthesis, they're only good for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe 20. And so they try to wait until you're about 60 years old, 65, mm-hmm. something like that, in order to get a knee replacement. Right. Well, you're a perfect candidate. Or if you just don't want surgery, if you come in and say, I'll never get surgery, what else you got? I'm going to say, well, the first thing I would try is PRP. We draw your blood. We spin it in a centrifuge. And uh, we take the platelets off, and we inject that right into the joint space of the knee. You just you can't believe the, the it's almost miracles that I've seen with this, and especially knees and shoulders. Now I've mm. done hips and you know other areas of the body, but the knees and the shoulders seem to to really you know respond well to PRP. And then if that don't work, then you have the option of uh, radio frequency. And so for the knee. Uh, there's three places where we um, we inject uh, uh, numbing medicine, whether it be lidocaine or xylocaine. It's called a genicular knee block. And mm-hmm. so we see what that does. If you get off the table and you're walking around and you're like, oh, wow, I don't have any pain. And, you know, that lasts for a certain amount of time, 24 hours up to a, a week or something like that. And you come in and you're like, wow, that really worked for me. And the pain just started coming back. Well, then you're a great candidate for the radio frequency. So what we do under an X-ray machine, guided needles with the X-ray machine, we go down. It's called a fluoroscope. And we go down in those three areas in your knee. We numb it, and then we burn it for 60 seconds. And Mm -hmm. then, again, potentially, you have pain relief, and it could be anywhere from, I don't know, 1% up to 100% of pain relief for three months up to two years. And typically what I see, obviously not everybody is the same, not everybody's got the same injury and all that, but typically people get at least 50% and it lasts for six months up to 
well, two years. It's just oh, wow. amazing how it, it's, and you can do the whole spine. You can do the lumbar, the thoracic, and the cervical. And basically, you're not going in the middle right where the spinal cord is. You're going off to the side. We target right. a place called the facet. There's a joint there. It's just a, uh, uh, we call it the facet uh, injections or uh, radio frequency. We call it uh, radio frequency ablation or RFA. So you can do the whole spine. And that's what I was going to tell you earlier when we were talking offline. It's just something that's an option for you. And, it's, and so I've, I've had patients that have all kinds of different surgeries. They've had cages and hardware. You can still um, do the radiofrequency. And then there's another thing um, in the SI joints. A lot of that pain radiates from your buttock region sometimes into the mm. groin and even down your leg. And that's your right. SI joint. So you yep. go in there. Again, you numb it. And, well, first you see what that does. It's an SI joint injection. If if that fixes your problem, you have targeted the right nerves. So then later on, like a week later, you go in there and you you burn those nerves. It's uh, radio frequency, and again, that gives you the relief for months up to years. So when you're talking about the current technologies that we have out there, not a lot of people even are aware of this, but it's been around mm-hmm. for a long time. But it works great. Yep. Well, and and we're you know it's funny because you know we know how technology is ever expanding. Uh, I read recently, and uh, this was uh, maybe a week ago that I read this, uh, or a few days ago, where they have uh, discovered or found a uh, a new form of a nanobot which they can inject into your body and it goes directly to uh, areas that they have cancers or breakage mm-hmm. of, of bones or anything like that with these uh, little nanobots which are almost AI-like and they, uh, yeah. they go in exactly knowing what to attack if you uh, program and attack cancers it goes directly to the cancer cells leaving the rest of the, the cellular uh, around the cellular the cells around it intact without damaging it uh, you know that form of technology is incredible uh, as we're getting more and more advanced to infuse it with what you guys are doing I think it would be brilliant for uh, the future of uh, of the wellness uh, of everybody. I mean, technology is yeah. really just to uh, help enhance what you do, for example, in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah, you know, there, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things. They even have, a, like, a micro camera that you swallow, and if somebody mm-hmm. has, like, a, a GI bleed and you can't figure out where it is and they just follow it the whole way through your system from start to finish, and yeah, they uh, yeah. they can actually see the ulcers or the diverticuli or whatever problems you may have along the way. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that's out there. I'm still, you know, like when you're old school and you've done this a while, you, you kind of pull back when you hear AI stuff and nanobots <laughs> and stuff. And it's just like, because mm, we do live in a, a, a world of uh, a polarity, hot, mm-hmm. cold, good, bad, up, down. And so there's so many things that could be used for the good in humanity, but you can see how everything, I guess I shouldn't generalize and say everything, but a lot of things have been weaponized and, you know, oh, this is, oh yeah, we got to put this uh, to military use, you know, instead of yeah. for the greatest good of humanity and for our planet. And a lot of times, you know, that's, that happens. So, you know, I, I, that's where I just, 
Uh, it's not like I'm not in favor of it. I'm just a little bit hesitant. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you know see it uh, not just in the medical field, but you see it also like on things like 5G, for example, which now they're rolling oh, the 5G yeah. network out, and uh, you know that is said to be something that could help you know doctors and in medicine in incredible ways because of the speed uh, as uh, you know information travels in the 5G. Uh, yeah. Now the only problem is, of course, since the Chinese are, are ruling this thing out, everybody's afraid that, oh, well, the Chinese are going to have all your information, they're going to do all this, uh, you know, stuff with it, and on top of that, they're saying, well, the actual signal itself might be damaging to the human body, so there's yeah. a lot of fear mm-hmm. with with 5G in not only political yeah. terms, but on health terms, I mean, with what you do, and being a doctor, uh, how concerned are you when it comes to things like that and with, you know, the folks you see coming in? Because, you know, it might be just, uh, that it, it causes cancers, but it might cause other mutations and different yep. things that we're not even aware of yet, something like this. Yeah. So, I'm very concerned. Um, mm. you know, a lot of, here's, here's the problem. We, we practice evidence-based medicine, but where are we getting our evidence from? Right. Are these people that are giving us the evidence, are they influenced by uh, money? Are they being paid mm-hmm. off? Um, I mean, just look at Roundup. I mean, one of the one of the uh, persons that got, uh, I can't remember what cancer he got. I don't know if it was Hodgkin's lymphoma or he won something like, I forget how many million. And don't quote me, it's like $278 million or something like that. He finally mm-hmm. went to court and won to prove that this stuff isn't safe. It's in, they've done uh, food testing on it. They just randomly pick a food off a shelf and Roundup is in it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's causing, you know, the celiac sprue. It's causing all kinds of different cancers, and but yet we're told it's safe. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I just don't know what direction to even go to, to advise people. The best you can do is help yourself by staying away from, you know, genetically modified um, seeds. Try to use heirloom, um, non-GMO, organic, because if it's organic, they're not supposed to be able to spray it. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't control from everything and you can't live in fear all your life, but there are some steps you can take. You can filter your water. Um, But when it comes to 5G, I don't think there was enough research, in my opinion, uh, at least, uh, I mean, again, the, the reports you see, is it actual reports that it's safe? Or is it not? Could they be? What if they were using, you know, again, if, if it could be weaponized, like a lot of things, like viruses can be weaponized, and, and did, were they, we know in the past things were created in a lab and they got out. What if the 5G was used um, to trigger some of these viruses that are just staying dormant in the population? And then, you know, it gets into this conspiracy theory and people think you're nuts, but, you know, all you got to do is look up. I mean, them chemicals are spraying across the sky are not contrails. When I was a kid, mm. we never yep. saw that crap. But through attrition, as people die off, kids today think that's a normalcy. But I remember blue skies for weeks at a time. The weatherman would say, well, we're going to get this uh, storm front moving in. The storm would move in. It would go right back out, and it would be blue skies again. We don't have that anymore. And all you have to do is look up, sit down, have a cup of coffee, and watch this spray across the sky, and watch it turn into clouds. And then yep. you've got to wonder yeah. who's who's doing it, why they're doing it. And once you start to research this, 
And again, it's hard. you got to filter through this mud that's out there. That's the hardest part, the discernment of figuring out, okay, how do I help my fellow man? How do I help my family, myself, with what's going on right now? So you with know, the technology you're talking about, you know, it's, 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 you, even if you do the research and you, you go through what you, they call credible people, are they really credible? And is, is there enough, and is there enough, uh, research being done? That's what's scary right. about, about the stuff. And, you know, when we talk about, uh, this technology rolling out, isn't it ironic that, you know, as the 5G technology rolls out, we have the spread of the coronavirus coming out of China also. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. recently we had a gentleman on a few weeks ago, uh, named, uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Uh, but he is uh, out over in Vietnam reporting from there on the coronavirus, and the numbers are staggering, Joseph. I mean, we're talking about hundreds wow. of thousands of people that wow. are not even being reported that are infected, yeah. in the, and uh, China is on lockdown. Uh, North Korea, parts of North Korea are on lockdown now because of what's going on. Uh, Vietnam is uh, in, in crisis because the coronavirus is hit over there. And, of course, it's made its way over to the U.S. And, uh, you know, we're all in fear that it's going to keep spreading. And it just so happens that, you know, this is happening as the 5G technology is rolling out and as right. human trafficking is becoming also a, a big ordeal. We're, we're finding out that a lot of numbers yeah. that are coming out of human trafficking and Organ yep. harvesting is coming from yep. China. A lot of yep. these issues are, are, you know, really, really scary to think about, considering it all has to, you know, to do with China, and it's all rolling around the same time as the 5G uh, technology is coming out. I, I suspect that a lot of this is interconnected. I think uh, I'm going to, you know, go on the limb and say that perhaps the 5G is instigating certain things uh, within, uh, the, you know, the world itself, and that's how we're, you know, getting a lot of these illnesses. And the coronavirus might have been something that they created in the lab and they rolled it out because of other things they're trying to cover up. Uh, that's kind of my take on it. What's your five-star sense on the, the whole coronavirus well, crisis? first thing I would say is if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck. Correct. Right? So what yeah. you're witnessing and what you're observing, even though you don't have, like, full-blown proofs per se, I mean, it's logical to to speculate on what you're saying. And so one of the things I would caution your listeners, um, we you got to realize that if you start talking about the controllers of the planet and what all they own, do they own all the media? Do they own all this stuff? And, and how are they influencing the masses through fear? And so how many people actually have it? Are they fudging the numbers, you know, less or more than what they really are? They never tell us the truth, in my opinion. But and what does that mean? If, they, if there are way more, how many people are actually dying from these viruses? How, right. how deadly are they? So if you just look at the flu, how many people, you know, usually what you worry about is the young children and the elderly. They have less reserve. And so, you know, a healthy young adult, you can fight off things that you know, those two groups can't because, like, for children, they don't get their full immunity till they're around, say, eight years old. And then the right. elderly, 
they have an, uh, a compromised immune system just because of their age and probably, you know, more so because of diet and things like that. And, um, you know, the diseases that are, you know, upon us these days. Now, mm-hmm. whether they're all natural or not, that's a whole other topic. But uh, as far as the the coronavirus itself or any other virus that they put out, whether, you know, one minute it's the boogeyman was the Ebola virus. It's coming. It's here. It's going to take over. Oh, my God, the numbers, they're, they're, they're not telling us. Well, I don't see it around where I'm at. And, I mean, if the numbers are like 10 people died out of, and God forbid 10 people died. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm that heartless to say, you know, I, I don't feel bad for those 10 individuals, but is it a pandemic of biblical proportions when there's 10 people and more that more than that obviously die of the flu each year or pneumonia? Right. So is this a scare tactic to, to cause fear and to control the herd? And so a lot of us, you know, we rely on the media because we, well, not me or you or many of your listeners, but, you know, some people are, they truly rely on the media to tell them the truth. And they just, they, they hold it as gospel and they're like, wow, did you hear about the virus? Oh my God, it's spreading everywhere. It's going to get us. Well, what is the, what's the reason for that? You know, why would they do that? You know what I mean? So you start to ask these questions and I'm not going to say what the answer is. I'm just trying to help you look at it from a different point of view. No, no, I, I completely get that. But, you know, it's funny because the news media, is, you know, especially the uh, the left socialist-controlled uh, media, has been almost downplaying the, the coronavirus in a way, uh, which is kind of interesting because I see, you know, Fox and other more right-wing uh, media uh, talking it up more. And when I spoke to, uh, like I said, a gentleman by the name of Mitchell, uh, Nicholas Gerber, who's calling when we spoke directly from vietnam he's giving me and he's by the way not republican or democrat he's australian i think and uh he uh he's just over in vietnam at the moment uh but he was uh you know reporting possibly 50 to 100,000 people dead which is not being reported uh on mainstream media here and he's saying that it's a lot worse than the western media is reporting it uh, he, he, and it's one of those things where he's coming up with almost daily, uh, you know, reports, uh, for, uh, not only my show, but other shows to keep us updated. And he's legit. I mean, he's coming, uh, to us from Vietnam. We, we've yeah. uh, verified his location. Uh, you know, he is not, you know, lying about where he is or, uh, the research he's done or it's working on. In fact, he kind of stumbled upon this whole thing on other research. Uh, that he was working on, which had to do with a group of uh, individuals in China, uh, which were practicing something called the Fulan Gong. I don't know if you're familiar with that practice. No, no, I haven't heard of that. Okay, it's a spiritual, uh, it's not a religion or a cult, uh, but it's like a group of of people that uh, at one point had over 100,000 members, and what they would do is they would go and meditate and practice in wellness, uh, spirituality, uh, 
cosmic wellness uh, healing uh, practice, mm, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Right up your alley. Yeah. You, know, you kind of yeah, like, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> That's why I asked if you know who the Fulong Kong was, because I was like, maybe he's heard of them. Uh, well, China uh, decided since, you know, they're a communist country and they're very anti-spirituality now these days, which is ironic because, yeah. you know, China has a yeah, history right. of, of spirituality and, you know, all this other, you know, great mythology. Now, all of a sudden, they, they forbid even the talk of it. So they've gone out of the way to eradicate this group, which are very peaceful people. They're, they're not a, a cult. It's not like it's a religious thing. Anybody can join, no matter where your background is or what country you're from. And it's not even like a group that you go and you sign up with the Freemasons or something like that. Nothing scary. Basically, you meditate. You follow a path of wellness and well-being. You meditate. Uh, you pray to whatever God you want to pray to. If you're atheist, you don't have to pray. It's not like one of those things. But it's just kind of like connecting you to the, to the universe and to the ether sort of type of, uh, meditation. And, and healing within, you know, from, you know, the source of the universe. And, uh, it's very interesting though, like the way they, they explain what they do. But it's very, it seems like I've seen the videos and they seem very peaceful and for whatever reason they've been targeted as a cult and they've been, uh, attacking these people for the last few years. And that's what this, uh, gentleman Mitchell's been working on, on their, uh, you know, behalf trying to discover why China's doing this. And a lot of it had to do with, uh, organ trafficking and harvesting. And uh, they were getting these people, killing them, taking the organs and, and harvesting the organs. Yep. And yep. that's something that's happening a whole lot more in the uh, in, uh, countries like China. And it's weird to me, again, that it happens in China. We have the coronavirus, and I even brought it up with him. What is the coronavirus and all these numbers that are going to be presented there within the next few months of victims? What if a lot of this is done to will kind of like mix with the the people that are disappearing from the full-on gong and the people that they're killing to harvest organs? What if they're, you know, just going to throw these names in there as uh, victims of the uh, coronavirus? And uh, it's all part of the the deception that's going on on this planet (laughs) uh, when it comes to Mm -hmm. medicine. When it comes to like uh, things uh, like this, you know, here's a, a peaceful group of people and they want to literally commit genocide just because you join. So yeah. even if you're a regular yeah. Chinese person and you're a peaceful person, you have, you know, very little religious background, but you want to practice meditation and you want to belong to this group, now you, you're under attack by the government. It's ridiculous. But that's kind of like, you know, what's happening there. And, and that could be something global because China has been playing that up to kind of take over globally over the next uh, course mm-hmm. of the next decade and a half. Uh, and uh, I brought up the subject that maybe that's part of the, the population control also uh, with the coronavirus, and that could be also a thing. So what well, we say that certain illnesses, yeah, they come and go, and they, they're not as scary. For whatever reason, this one seems to be something that might have legs and might cause, you know, not only them to be able to smudge whatever numbers they want from those folks that they're killing, but it might be something they, they're actually putting out there as part of an attack towards the West, because if, if this spreads down here to the U.S., you know, and we don't, we can't control it in time. Yeah, 10 people might not be, uh, you know, a big number, but 10 can become 100 within a, a matter of days. 
easily. That's the scary part. Yeah. Yeah. So what did the 10 uh, individuals look like? Was it uh, the elderly? Did they have like a uh, a, uh, a altered immune system? You know, so th- those are the things I would want to look at and um, to see is, is this actually going to be a potential to spread to the majority? Or is this just mm-hmm. isolated incidents that they these people were compromised with their immunity and and, you know, had other things that, that contributed to their passing. The other thing I'd mention is, um, you know, on a positive note, um, let's let's do a what if. What if we were all powerful individuals, we were co-creators of our current reality, and that the more people that think one thing at one time became, becomes your general reality. So if you have these controllers that know that, and they own and they run the media, whatever whatever script they want to run for the day, they'll run it for whatever agenda that they're trying to push, knowing that the individuals that are watching are all thinking the same thing at the same time because we're all being programmed, not, not to mention that there's been a lot of literature out there and a lot of whistleblowers that have come out that, that is saying that, you know, the radio programs we listen to, uh, the televisions, the computers, your cell phones, all this stuff is pulsing these uh, waves for the purpose of mass control. And so whether this is true or not, I'm not saying it is or not. I'm just putting it out there for people to kind of consider. And so they've done research. Like you're talking about the Chinese right now and, you know, their spiritualness. And um, there's been research that if a certain amount of people pray at one given time for one thing, it reduces the crime rate in that particular region. So we know that there's some kind of a cause and effect. So if everybody on the planet would come together and just, whether you want to call it meditate, whatever, if you want to call it praying, whatever that word is and whoever you want to pray to for the common good of let's, let's, um, let's make this place a better place to live. Let's get rid of all this stuff and chaos and this drama and negativity. Let's, let's think more positively. And so if that would happen, I really think that this world would change overnight. And so I think the other thing is, is it looks to me like, you know, this is just my own opinion, but it seems like it's the final throws of the old guard going out and they're not going to go without a fight. It's one of those things where, hey, if I, if we can't have the planet, you people aren't going to have the planet. We're going to take it and as much of you with us as we can type of a thing. And we're going to cause you to create all this chaos because you're the co-creators of this world. We'll just scare you into doing whatever we want. And so it's just a different way of looking at it, you know. And again, this isn't medical advice or anything. It's just these are these are just concepts that I want people to kind of consider because it's not something you're going to find on mainstream. Mm-hmm. This is why I like your show. You and I talk about these kind of things, and these are the conversations I have with my patients. Because I'm open-minded to sit there and talk to them and throw ideas back and forth. And typically you won't hear a provider talking like this. You'll be like, oh, God, this is crazy. I don't want to talk about this. Let's just get back to the physical ailment. Oh, you have, uh, you know, a wound on your leg. And instead of looking at the the spiritual aspect, the energetic part, I mean, we know about um, acupuncture and acupressure and all kinds of different things that are out there that work in addition to mainstream. So I'm not saying mainstream is, you know, the best and only thing, and I'm not saying that, you know, the alternative world, what we call alternative, 
I don't think, I think there's a place for everything. It's just looking at the person, the individual as a whole, and going, okay, what is the best bang for the buck for this particular person with their finances, with, you know, their insurance if they have it, um, what does it cover, what doesn't it, you know, what are they open to with their, their mindset? Are they a strict religion or are they open-minded to try some other things? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think all uh, the newer <laughs> upcoming um, providers should be taught this way. Is that, hey, look, you know, there's more to uh, treating a person than just the physicality. And that's what we've gotten and that's what, how I was trained. But luckily I went off the rails after I went to to all those years of education and started studying things like hypnotherapy and energy healing, whether it be Reiki or Sakem Sakem or uh, Moon Aiki. I mean, I studied a lot of different things and a lot of modalities just so I could speak on it, you know, because I'm aware of it and patients were actually asking for it. They would come in and say, look, you know, some of them would come in and say, okay, um, I'm not going to exercise, I'm not going to eat right, give me the pill for the cholesterol. And I have to respect right. that. That's And that's where I'm kind of the bridge. I have to bridge this gap between what we call traditional medicine and alternative. And so if you come in and say, you know what, I don't want to take medicines. I, I believe these guys are poisoning us. What else you got? And so <laughs> now I have some tools to go with and say, okay, well, you know what, you can try some ozone therapy. You can try PRP injections. You can try, you know, changing your diet, vitamin C. There's all kinds of different things that are out there that most people aren't even privy to. Right. So. Right. No, it's funny because, you know, even with cancer, there's a research, uh, you know, and I, and I lost my mother in 2016 to cancer. And uh, I became kind of aware of, like, other alternative research that had been going on all over the world other than chemotherapy. And I'm like, my goodness, why isn't this being covered here in the U.S.? Uh, there's right. one with uh, vitamin C, uh, for example, mm-hmm. which is uh, right. uh, into they inject a vitamin C bag, uh, uh, vitamin C into your body, you know, through like a regular yep. intravenous bag, kind of like they would do the chemo bag. And uh, instead of uh, chemotherapy, it's very hard concentrated vitamin C in a, in a form that uh, it's you can't digest it. Basically, you have to intravenously do it, and uh, it's having great success over in the UK and other parts of the world. But right. for whatever reason, the institutions here don't allow it to come over. And a lot right. of that, I, I do believe, is population control because they don't want to bring that stuff here because they make money by uh, keeping you uh, unhealthy for a long period of time until you die, basically. And they move on to the next person. They keep just making money, making money. There's no money in the cure. Once they cure you, that's it. You know, once they have an easy cure, you know, the money's gone. So keeping you alive mm-hmm. for a while, uh, hooked on the, these, you know, expensive drugs is uh, the way they make their money. I mean, I spent five days, Joseph, in the hospital, five, six days uh, in December because I had leg surgery. And, uh, I, you know, I told you the story off the air, and I went through a lot of pain because of, and I still am because I'm still healing up from it. And uh, that cost me about twenty thousand dollars those mm-hmm. five days, and yeah. uh, a procedure done not even by a, a full surgeon it was done by a young, uh, you know, new doctor who just came into the field. Uh, so I didn't even get like the proper hands of like a master surgeon or anything of that nature. And while she was very good at what she did, uh, it, it still is not like you know you have a, a world class uh, surgeon 
they could say, well, you know, $20,000, but my leg is going to be fully healed and I have this uh, amazing doctor. No, this is a rookie basically who did the procedure and that still cost me 20 grand. Uh, so it's all about money really more than anything else. But you know, one thing you, you do hit it off on and it's something that I always, uh, you know, talk about whenever I have a conversation like this with anybody is how much a lot of this stuff is in your mind and you're absolutely right uh, you know the wellness uh, that you know you attract within your own mind when you do meditation or you do any kind of praying or anything it, it all goes back to you know the, the laws of attraction you attract wellness to yourself uh, and that happens because it's all in the mind the mind is the, the main tool that will heal you or it will defeat you and the reason I say that is because look at the uh, the effects that they've had when they've done experiments with, like, for example, the placebo effect, where they give you a pill telling you, yeah, definitely this is going to help you. And then it starts helping you. And they tell you know, the patient, well, you actually were part of the experiment where it didn't have the medicine. We just told you it did. And you still were, you know, benefiting from just thinking that you were getting that medicine. And, uh, you know, experiments like that are done all the time. So a lot of this stuff really is mind over matter more than anything else. Mm. And if you could direct the mind, uh, you could fix the body without injecting all kind of crazy things like chemotherapy into the body. I do believe that. Yeah, so let's do another what if. What if your belief systems directly correlate to the vibration of your physical body? And so as you're thinking negative thoughts, your vibration, because everything is energy, your brain just has to kind of filter out and it creates the image of what you're seeing before you or the right. sound that you're hearing in, the, in your ears. And so we know this, that we now we have uh, auric photography that we can see auras around individuals that the psychics have been talking about forever. And so it, it's on one hand, it's the belief system, that thought. But what if... Every disease started with the emotional component. So if you felt low or negative about something, you chronically think it over and over, and I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. So even if you're saying I don't want it, by the focused thought of it and the vibration that that holds, that creates that dis-ease in your body. Mm-hmm. And so what if that's the case? And so you know that's where this thought becomes reality type thing that you're talking about. But it's mm-hmm. What if it's an emotional component, and what if the uh, vibration of the physicality is um, directly related to that? Then you can all of a sudden start going, okay, well, how do I change my thinking and my belief systems so that I can heal myself and my environment and the way I look at things? And if it's the law of attraction, what you're putting out, you're bringing back to yourself. And so that's what I would say to what you just said, but going back to the vitamin C, the research that's out there now is showing that the the what you buy off the shelf, if you look on the back, it's it's typically ascorbic acid. And say right. you have and you take a thousand milligrams, your body is only absorbing like seventeen or eighteen percent of that. Correct. And so you might be taking a thousand milligrams, but you're not getting all of that. And what your mm-hmm. body don't use, it goes right out of your body. And so mm-hmm. the IV is probably probably the best that you can do and we normally do a bag of like 50,000 up to 100,000 and um, we do it in this country now but we it used to only be over in the UK and so if you can't get the IV 
the next best thing, in my opinion, is the liposomal. And it's formulated so that 98% of your body can absorb it and then reabsorb as it's going through your system before it gets completely. There's a bowel tolerance test, actually, you can do. And For instance, if you took 1,000 milligrams, and again, this isn't medical advice. I'm just kind of giving an example. <laughs> if, you, if you took 1,000 milligrams every hour on the hour until you start to get a GI upset, like a belly pain or you have the diarrhea, then you know if, if you get to, say, 10,000, you're like, ooh, I got to 10,000 today. And then so you back it off to, say, 9,000 or 8,000, and you do that for several days to weeks, and then you start to bump it back up again. And so there are people out there. There's a vitamin movie that I watched. I actually own it, and I play it in my uh, my office for people. And um, this gentleman, he just grabs a handful, like 16,000 milligrams of vitamin C, and pops it and takes it, like, right now. And it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt him. I mean, what's the worst that could probably happen? I guess you get upset stomach or you get diarrhea, but... Again, I can't tell anybody to do that. I'm just giving you the right. example of what's on that movie. So if anybody goes and does it, it wasn't because I said, hey, go do this. Right. <laughs> but it, you'd but be it, 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 it's amazing how a lot, a lot of people don't know about this research. And it's uh, something yeah. that anybody who does, I mean, it took me maybe half an hour to stumble upon this. Uh, anybody yeah. who, you know, is looking on the Internet could come up with uh with videos and stuff, but the doctors don't want to talk about it. I brought it up to, uh, uh, you know, to a, a person, an oncologist, uh, that deals with cancer yeah. directly. And they, they, they were like, know. they don't, she had no idea what I was talking about. She no, like, they don't know. No. They're no so clue. focused on the, the mainstream, uh, Angel, that that's, they're, they just, they can't see outside the box. And that's mm-hmm. most, most of the doctors. So when you find someone that can, they can look at you as a whole person, and I mean every aspect of who you are. Those are the doctors you want to stick with or providers, however you want to look at it. I mean, you were talking about cancer. Um, I'm not an oncologist. I'm boarded in family medicine. In fact, my doctorate is a doctor of nursing practice. I'm a family nurse practitioner with a doctor of nursing practice, just to be clear. And so mm-hmm. when I practice um, family health, um, I'm aware of other things, though, because I've done my own research. For instance, for for uh, uh, cancer, um, if there's a gentleman named Rick Simpson that's out of Colorado, and now yep. all of a sudden the the local uh, dis- distributors here in Pennsylvania, because now it's legal in Pennsylvania to have medical marijuana, well, they mm-hmm. actually have a protocol that says Simpson Protocol. And so it's ironic that he was given all kind of crap because he was helping all these people, and they – it, it just uh, sometimes it can be unheartening because or disheartening because here are these people, these pioneers that worked out, okay, what do I have to do in order to create these oils to help people? And, and, and he was uh, giving that away. He was giving that yeah. away. Yeah, he wasn't even charging yeah. people. He would have like right. hospitals and just give the, the vials of oil away. And, and yep. he was helping people. I mean, this person was doing yep. good by the uh, the folks he was helping out, they it made no sense why the uh, you know the officials went after him. I mean, I know they burned all his crops yeah. down, and I mean th- yeah. this man was uh, ran through the mud, and he was literally doing good by sick people who were dying. I remember reading reports of individuals who had all kinds of skin tumors and lesions, and yeah. uh, some even brain tumors, and doctors couldn't get rid of without major yeah. surgeries. And they're being 
you know, cured by the way he was doing the oils. And even that, at the time when my mother was sick, uh, they wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't hear of it. The most they would give her is, uh, it's, uh, I guess a hemp pill that it will cause her yeah. to have, uh, uh, the ability to eat more, you know, make her hungry, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, th- those kind yeah. of pills, mm-hmm. but nothing to fight yeah. the cancer. And I'm like, why wouldn't you take advantage of every aspect of helping fight cancer? And yeah. the answer was yeah. like, well, they, they don't allow us. That's yeah. it. So, so did you ever hear of the Gerson therapy? No, I'm not aware of the Gerson therapy. So, so Gerson, in order to get to go to have that therapy done, and they're claiming that they cure 85% of all uh, cancers. And I'm not saying that that's what they say. If you look on their website, right. you have to go to Mexico to, to do this. So a lot of people can't afford Here you have to go to these other countries. Same with uh, stem cell. In your state, you're in Florida, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay, so there was a doctor, and I'm just kind of sidetracking here a little bit, um, she was doing all this awesome work using stem cells out of adipose tissue because we found that out of the adipose tissue, you can get more stem cells than out of your bone marrow that we used to use. And I guess we still do it to these days or this day to this day. But um, because she was having such such success, I, I can't imagine why they would shut her down. But they just just recently last year, I think it was, they shut her down. The FDA came in, Food and Drug Administration. I don't know how they can stop a, a doctor from taking your own cells, breaking it down, and giving it back to you. That's not food, drug, you know, it's it's your own <laughs> tissue. But yet they right. did it. And and so there were so many implications, applications for this, and here she is. She was fighting, you know, and... Oh, I thought she was going to win. I'm like, finally, we got someone who's going to go out there and fight for us. And going to, well, no, didn't happen. And so, some of these things we talk about, we all, not all of us, uh, some of us know that these are modalities and they're out there. But it gets frustrating sometimes when you're like, you know, this is a modality that's going to work for people, or at least the combination could help. But yet you mm-hmm. get shut down, or you're, even myself being on radio shows, like. It, it's a little bit, I, I'm a little bit hesitant to come on because, you know, it's just one of those things that you're trying to do good for the population and you draw attention to yourself attention to yourself rather than, you know, going under the radar type thing. A lot of us, have you, you been, know, have you been attacked work. over the last few years? I mean, have you come under attack by uh, certain individuals online or, I mean, have you been threatened at all since you've been doing uh, what you do? Uh, a little bit. I'll I'll just say a little bit. I've I've tried to to give as much information as I can and hold back on other things just to mm-hmm. to, to help people. I'm that bridge, you know what I'm saying? So if I get right. shut down, I can't help people. So, but you know, the the people I've always admired the most are the people that are still holding a job with their license and and coming out like I'm doing for you right now, like um the. The the gentleman there in Canada that came out, the I guess he'd be equal to the president, um, or he was the defense minister or something like that. He came out and said that he knows firsthand that there was UFOs and there's ETs and all this stuff. It, well, not just in when, Trudeau, is it? No, no. no okay. It's uh, he's the prime uh, minister of Canada, isn't he? Just in Trudeau, yeah, prime minister. Of Canada. Yes, he is. Yeah. 
Yeah, this guy was this. I think he was part of the Defense Department there. Okay. And he was the highest official that ever came out to talk about ETs and UFOs and that. I mean, in our country, we have uh, Edgar Mitchell, who I had on my radio show one time. And right. He just, but you could tell he hung up right away when I started pressuring him on certain questions. He wasn't allowed to talk. <laughs> and he's like, okay, i got to go click. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm getting to some good. But the people that have already retired, now they can't influence. They can't do anything. And that's it annoys me, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? Just by me coming out here, I have licenses, uh, several to, that I got to protect. And if I come out here to talk about this, now I become a target. And right. it's not my intention to, you know, ruffle anybody's feathers or anything. I'm always about, like, what if? Think about it this way. And you guys have your own PCPs and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you can talk to them about it, great. If you can't, well, I'm out here trying to give alternative ways of thinking and treatment that's some of which are not FDA approved, but there's a lot of things that doesn't. You look on the labels; they're they're selling the stuff, but it's not FDA approved for whatever mm-hmm. they're claiming. So mm-hmm. ozone is like that. Ozone therapy. <laughs> if there's anybody out there that that wants to look into something that is cutting edge, that is just mind-boggling, what it does, um, look up ozone therapy. There's a gentleman, uh, Dr. Rowan, MD, in California, Santa Rosa. I went out to him for like a week to train and learn how to do this ozone. And then I went to New York City, drove up there for several days to a week, and that gentleman's name was Dr. Robbins. He's a DPM. He's a podiatrist, I believe, and he's a a doctor. But he's in uh, Manhattan. And so I trained under both of these guys. And the patients that I got to talk to and the treatments that, that, that they're given that just change people's lives. And I'm talking like Lyme's disease, like uh, lupus, like diabetes, peripheral neuropathy. Um, I mean, I, I, mean I, c- I could just go on and on and on. It, it's just, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything that, that, is, that excites me like the ozone does. I, I mean, my whole career, that's how good it is. It's its almost like too good to be true type of a thing. When you were talking earlier about placebo, mm-hmm. you know what? If it's a placebo, I don't care. It's working. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that good. <laughs> well, you know, I suffer from lupus, so anything that, you know, that is new to me, I'm going to look into because uh, there's not a cure for lupus. So anything that... right. Uh, that could help alleviate the uh, symptoms I'm all for. Uh, you know, let's switch up a little bit because uh, I wanted to ask you, and, you know, I know we only have you for about an hour. Uh, I wanted to ask you on your thoughts on a little bit more mainstream stuff, like, for example, the uh, the Space Force uh, that uh, mm-hmm. the Trump administration is rolling out. Uh, now, I have my own take on what why they're doing this now, and, I wanted to get your take on it. I, you know, my five cents is that, uh, I think this closure is going to happen pretty soon on a more, uh, global scale. We're seeing kind of droplets of that already now, uh, or drips of it kind of, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump was the first president to publicly acknowledge that he's been briefed on the UFO phenomenon by uh, the military. Uh, he publicly said in an interview that, uh, not only was he briefed, uh, but while he doesn't fully believe that we've been visited, 
or uh, he's not a uh, 100% believer. He does believe what his military and his intel is telling them over the stuff they're seeing and uh, what he's been shown. Uh, that's mind-blowing that a president would say that. Now, that's not disclosure, because they're not saying, well, here's the entire meat and potatoes of what we know, and here are the, you know, the evidence, aliens, crashes, everything's true, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're not disclosing like that, so it's kind of like a soft disclosure, which I've always said on this show, that's kind of like how they're going to start letting this thing out uh, softly and just getting you ready for, like, the whole, you know, bigger uh revelation and i think that's what the space force is uh you know it's a it's a way to control the narrative get us ready to kind of be indoctrinated into what else they're going to start disclosing down the road but what's your take on on the whole uh space force and what's going on and uh with that entire entity that now is part of the well, military yeah so first and foremost anything that's ever rolled out it, there's always a multifaceted reason why they do what they do. It's not one thing, is in my opinion. Um, two, um, do you remember whenever the stealth bomber came out? Yep. And oh, yeah. that was when, in like the 80s or 90s, come out. Yeah, yeah, but they had been working on that many, for years. Decades, and so we saw that several people, many, many, probably hundreds or thousands of people, have seen that particular aircraft. Leading uh-huh. up to the time they finally admitted to it, right? Like yep. years, 20 years or more. That technology they finally released because they had something better out there. And so the same thing with this uh, Space Force. It's already going on. That's been going on. You have whistleblower after whistleblower that they are talking about 20 and back to Mars and all these other things. Whether they're all crazy or whether it's true, um, I think that this stuff has been going on for a long time, and they're just now ready to tell us. And, you know, this could be, you know, countries, big, large countries especially, whether it be U.S., Russia, China, all these guys vying for those positions of mm, the rollout or the power of, uh, you know, if you have a space force, just remember how the planet, it spins, right? And it's been, I forget how many thousand miles per hour. But if you were to take a aircraft and park it up in space for a few minutes and let the world spin and then descend back down, you could be anywhere on the planet in probably 20 minutes. It takes you longer <laughs> yeah. to get up there and longer to get back down. But it's, it's not going to be like if you go from New York to London, it's like seven, eight hours. It would be like 45 minutes. Right. And so... All of this technology, I really believe, already exists. They're just either they're being forced or they want to release some of the stuff. You know, just like, you know, look at in the past hundred years, the technology that's been released, like the microwave and the Velcro and the cell phones and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we grew so fast, so quick. And you know that the military is what 50 100 years at least advanced than what we oh, currently at know least. about yeah at least at least so yeah. can you imagine what that would look like look how like you and I I'm on my cell phone there's no cord attached if i was to go back in the 1800s to show somebody this they they would be like wow this is magic you're a god you're a you know and so or they or they'd be like it's hearsay we got to burn you at the stake <laughs> 
Yeah, he's a right. wi- he's a wizard or he's a witch That's or something. Demon. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, you know, all those things. If if people want to know what's going to happen, look back at the the Star Trek episodes like Enterprise, especially that one with uh, Captain Archer. That particular one has so many pearls in it. You just wouldn't even believe it as you watch it with today's eyes. And this was filmed how many years ago. And you start to watch it, and you're like, oh, my God, we have that today. We have those iPads. Mm-hmm. We didn't have them back then. And the flip phones and all the other stuff that they said, now all of a sudden they're talking about today with cloning and with all kinds of stuff that we can do today. Well, the so, Enterprise yeah. with Archer was, uh, what, a decade ago? I mean, the, the tablets go back to uh, when Kirk was running, even the original series in the 60s, which only lasted like four or five years. Yeah, uh, even yeah. then, they had the uh, you know things like tablets and the flip phones and all yeah, kinds of things. Yeah. So when you look at it back then, you're like, "Oh my goodness, so futuristic!" And then you see it roll around, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's a cool little phone." You know, it's, it becomes yep. you know, like no big deal. <laughs> now we have smartphones and tablets, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's no big deal." But it, again, yeah, you take that back 50 years ago, and they're looking at you like, uh, "What part of Venus are you from? Like, where? What? What?" <laughs> How did, how did you get right. your hands on this? You know, like, what's going on? And that's just 50 to, to 80 years ago. Imagine 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Mm. Uh, yeah. In fact, there's a Charlie Chaplin uh, movie uh, that's, you know, not a talkie. It's a, one of those silent films. And mm-hmm. uh, it's about a circus. I can't remember the exact name. It might be called a circus. I don't know. And there's a scene in, in the movie where there's a fat lady walking in the uh, in the scene and she's holding up their ear what a lot of folks are saying it could be a cell phone. And now there's been a, a huge debate online over the last few years since people became aware of that scene uh, where they're saying could she be a time traveler accidentally caught in the scene because one thing Charlie Chaplin was notorious for doing was just randomly uh, recording people walking by and putting that in this movie since he had you know no budget work on a lot, a lot of times he would just record random people and uh you know he wouldn't record faces uh but just like the back side or the side side you know things like that and kind of infuse it and cut into this movie in little tiny clips so they don't know if that was uh what this person was or what it was but it looks like this lady has a cell phone to her ear which it's mind-boggling considering this is a <laughs> 1910s or 15s or 20s, you know, there's no such thing back then. Right. And uh, by all concept. means, yeah, even the concept is very foreign. So imagine, just go back to that era, take a cell phone, like yeah. now a smartphone, and they're looking at you like, yeah, what kind of wizardry are you uh, into? What kind of magic is this? Which, uh, yeah. it, you know, when you look at technology, and you're absolutely right, since the 50s, we've had this huge jump in technology uh, where it's... It, it's forever expanding, so you could imagine the uh, military and with all the billions and trillions of dollars that are lost or accidentally misplaced or going to these yeah. black budget programs, uh, what kind of stuff they, they have uh, that we're just not privileged to or aware of. Some of it could be reverse engineered. Some of it could be our own stuff. You know, for human beings, we're very clever. We come up with a lot of interesting stuff ourselves also, mm. uh, which yeah. we don't give ourselves credit for. You know, that's another thing. Um, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, it has to be aliens. Not always. 
you know, no. we have to kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit. We're kind of smart. We're, we're like mm. the species that is like a bunch of smart idiots. Because, you know, as a collective, we could be very stupid, but as individuals, we could be geniuses. And that it takes that one genius to change the world. You know, and that's, yeah. you know, what we have and what we see normally. That's why you have the standouts like the Albert Einsteins and, uh, the Charles Darwins and the Joseph Meras of the world. Um, you'll never have, you'll never <laughs> yeah. have me because I'm just an idiot, but you'll have the geniuses that actually bring the, uh, the information forward and, uh, change the world in, in, uh, in their own unique way. Those are the names that stand out throughout history and I do believe that that, you know, and part of the, the issue that I have with, uh, the, you know, the, the left is, you know, the, their pro-abortion and stuff, and I'm pro-life. To me, when you, when you take away a life, especially a, a child has no voice, you're kind of killing the chance of killing that voice that might be that next person that could change mm. the world in a positive yeah. way. And that's right. also a very sad situation which we're dealing with on this, on this planet on a global scale. Mm. So it's not just, yeah. you know, diseases and stuff, but our, our own mentality is kind of like all over the place and weird in that sense that where you have doctors that have no issues killing babies, but, you know, they went into the medicine to heal people, not kill people. So, yeah. you know, that part of it, it boggles my mind. So when I look at folks like you, what you do, you know, you're taking an, an alternative route, but you're doing it with the right mentality of helping others. You know? Well, some of us go into it for money, and some of us go into it to help. And I think right. it has to be an inner drive from the individual. And so, I mean, I've... You know, my whole life, it's just been that way. It's just been like, I'm here to help people. I just know that that was my mission to come here and help. And I enjoy doing it. And there's been a lot of obstacles along the way that I had. To, a lot of it was uphill and it can be a struggle at times and trying to reach people. And, and you know, when you know certain things and you try to get it across to even your family and they don't want to hear it. I mean, you know, they're stuck in the religious thing that's in a box, you know, and I'm not trying to down anybody that's in a particular religion where they're like deep seated. But, you know, if you can't open your mind to the possibility of other things, that's why you can't get to any higher truths. And it's not judgment. I'm not judging someone saying that you're a bad person for staying there because everybody just is. There is no good or bad in, in that respect. It's just we're all on the same path. We're just at different points of it. And so when you, you say you're walking down the path in the jungle and you're looking for water and you've been walking for hours and hours and you're ahead of the person that's maybe, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred feet back and you come to the edge of a cliff basically and you look down and you see water and you're like, hey, you yell back, what? oh my God, there's a lake of fresh water. Oh my God, finally. And they're like, yeah, right, we've been walking, we're in a jungle, we're in a flat, and they can't get it. But as they move up that path and they see what you see, now all of a sudden they're enlightened. They're like, oh, okay, I, I do see what you're saying. And so right. I see it as simple as that. It's just there is no judgment. There's no. It's not like one person's at a better point or anything like that. It's just it's all about truth. And 
what I thought when I first started this, I'm like, I want the truth. And I used to scream this all the time. Just give me the yeah. truth. And I figured it, if I would figure that out, I could tell everybody and we could change the planet. But what I found was each individual truth is their own at whatever point they are on that path. And there right. is no right or wrong. You're, and you might stay at one particular point a whole lifetime. And, you know, this is where it gets into the, the kind of crazy stuff of believing in, you know, well, you might think it's crazy, but uh, living several lifetimes rather than just one, coming here and getting it right the one time instead of being a timeless being that has lots of opportunities to experience all kinds of different things, you know? So, mm. I mean, you were talking about technology, so I just wanted to point one thing out is that, like, Today's magic is tomorrow's science. And yeah. so we, we, if you look at it in that view, oh, yeah, they used to think that the world was flat. We used to think, that, and on and on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. So we're the center of the universe and all these other things. But science comes around eventually. But you got to think outside the box. If you go with the herd, I mean, they did research where they had a, a group of people in a room, and they said, which is the longest line? And everybody except for one person they kept saying this is the longest line when, it, when in fact it was the shortest. And the last person to go up there <laughs> picked the same as what the rest of them did. And they're like, why did you do that? Well, I thought I might be wrong because everybody else said it was this one. So it's that herd mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. So You know why I, why I think we have that? Uh, and, and this kind of came to me a few months back when I had kind of like an epiphany. I think that's uh, the word, epiphany? Yeah, uh, well, it, it just came to me, and I said, you know, uh, when I look at everything, when I try to, you know, put everything into perspective, and I'm talking about not only life on this planet, but I'm talking about like the cosmos in general. When I look at science, when I look at uh, the heavens, the earth, you know, the universe, the stars, and I just I think about uh, what it all means, and and it takes a while to process all that, and. To put it in perspective, I, I come to one uh, question, and I and I always like to you know ask uh, folks that are going into deep conversations with, uh, and he's talking about what if, what if the reason we have that is because um, you know we're all living you know separate lives, but we all come from a collective number one conscious, meaning when we die, it's not like our spirit becomes an individual spirit. We go into a collective hive of one being. And literally, it's one being living billions of lives uh, through uh, 3D and what we have and in, in, in our material worlds. Uh, but it, you know, on the other side, it's really just one being experiencing all these individual lives uh, through different planets and different, uh, you know, uh, forms of life forms, or whatever, just to get a different perspective. And that is the God being. And you know, it, it goes back to the saying that we're all our own gods. Well, what if we are gods and we're, and we're meant to be God? Once we die, we go back to the God being because we're all part of one entity, in a sense. Does that make any sense to you? I, I don't even know why you had me on the show. <laughs> you basically <laughs> it all up. <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. That's, that's it. <laughs> With that, we can end the show now, guys. Uh, good night, everybody, and uh, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
that's a good, I'll tell you what, that's a good synopsis of, uh, um, you know, some people won't look at it that way, and they'll be afraid to look outside the box. And, and you know what, I was born and raised uh, Catholic, and uh, and it takes a lot to step out of that, because you're given these fear factors to say, oh, don't go outside your religion, you'll go to hell. Oh, that's right. a sin. This is a sin. Everything's a sin. And oh my God, I'm, and I would question, like, well, how is this person on the other side of the planet that was happened to be born there, and they have a different religion, going to hell because they were unfortunate enough to be born there? What kind of uh, loving God would do that? That doesn't even make right. sense. Not at all. Uh, that and, and you know the one thing that, that, that you know Catholics and uh, religious folks. Uh, always fail to, to, you know, talk about the one thing about religion that I always laugh at, uh, is when they point to their Bibles and they're like, oh, well, look at the Bible. It says this and this and this. Now, make it, but do you realize the Bible always also says that slavery is okay in the eyes of God? The mass genocide is okay in the eyes of God? That's in the Bible. Uh, do you understand that the Bible literally says that the master could own a slave uh, let him go after seven years, which is the number seven that's holding the Bible. Uh, let him go. If the slave doesn't want to leave, the master has the, uh, I guess, the uh, right to either kill the slave or keep him on board as a slave. That's in the Bible. That's in the, uh, the Testament. <laughs> People lose their shit. Joseph, when I bring that up, I, I mean, I've talked to, uh, you know, and I was proud about Jehovah's Witness. I'm agnostic now because I've had enough conversation with religious people that I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you haven't even read the thing and you're trying to, and you're trying to indoctrinate me into your belief. Read the thing. <laughs> read it. Like, I had a, a huge falling out with part of my family because, you know, they're very, very Jehovah's Witness. And I, and I, and I got kicked out of the church a long time ago because uh, of asking questions. And I asked yeah. a question and they were like, you leave now. And I'm like, why? Well, I'm, all I'm asking so you is, yeah, just ask, and your wife, slavery is, okay? That's what I'm, all I'm asking. If the God is all loving, and you were all his creation. And I understand why it has to be a he to begin with. Uh, God could be an entity. It doesn't have to be a male or female. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything. It could be, you know, a light source with a, with a, with a conscience. It could be a car, for all we know. We don't know what God is. We're not capable mentally to even understand the concept, let alone give it a gender, which, uh, makes God an alphabet person, I guess, uh, one of the alphabet people, as Dave Chappelle calls them. Uh, you can put the G in there for God. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, all jokes aside, uh, you know, we don't have a concept of what God is, so why didn't put him in, put God in that bubble? But to say that, you know, that, that that defines everything through religion, when you can't answer a simple question as to why is your God accepting slavery, genocide, you know, all these well, evil deeds, you know, and then it goes back to, yeah. well, uh, are you sure you're you're looking at the God with the big G, or you're looking at the God with the little G that was just controlling your region back a couple thousand years ago and wrote a book, and now you're all indoctrinated into a cosmic lie, which is basically what a lot of religions are, in my opinion. Well, who wrote the book? I had this discussion Man. the other day yeah. with a... With a, a, a a Christian, I guess I'll call him. Uh, I'm not sure of his denomination, but um, I said, okay, so 
so who wrote the who wrote that book? Well, God. I'm like, oh, okay. So your yeah. God came down to this planet and wrote yeah. this book. Well, no, no, it was inspired through men. Oh, right. so a man wrote it through channeling. No, 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 that's demonic and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, if it it's came to a person, and so so God was never on this planet, which makes him extraterrestrial because the only people by definition that are from the planet are terrestrial beings. Um, what does that really mean then? God is extraterrestrial. Yeah, Just yeah, by definition. I... Oh, I told that to my aunt, and uh, God, she... No, that's blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, I told that to my aunt when I was a kid, and she kicked me out of the house. And she was like, you, you leave now. <laughs> and I'm like... But it's a simple mm. answer. Is God here? Well, can, can I go visit him and ask him a couple questions? Where does, where does he live? Yeah. What's his address? Yeah. Uh, well, no, God's not on this planet, so he's an ET. He's an, he's an extraterrestrial. And then so she was like, you see that door? Leave. You're demonic. And I'm like, no, I'm just asking a simple question. And the, there's no answer to it. Uh, and, and that gets back to people that are so indoctrinated, Joseph, that they, they yeah. just tend to roll with whatever they're told without reading the material. Once you read the material, yeah. it changes your perspective. And I think it actually opens you up to other alternative yeah. ways of thinking. And, uh, in, in, going into uh, medicine and into whatever field you go into, having an open mind on it and not just being indoctrinated into one yeah. way of thought I think is the best way to do things because it kind of lets you experiment in a positive way to keep doing what you're doing, which is helping others and not limiting yeah. yourself to what, you know, the big brother's telling you, this is the only thing you can do. This is the only way. Yeah. This is your only right. path. And blocking you in every step of the way. You know, in 2016, right. when, when my mother was sick with cancer, there was all kinds of things that they could have helped her prolong your life. But guess what? They just rolled around, uh, rolled out Obamacare, which blocked a lot of medicines that she could have been uh, given. Mm. And uh, I remember being at the oncologist with her, and the, the oncologist had just gotten the news that Obamacare was... Uh, you know, had just gone through, and her words, and this is a Middle Eastern lady, by the way, and Obama's not, you know, an American name, Barack Hussein Obama, so I'm just saying, if she had a bias, this is a moment of say uh, nothing, and just be biased, and she was like, this man is the devil, and I'm like, what? And I wasn't expecting that from her. And she's like, they just passed yeah. Obamacare, and I'm like, is that a bad thing or a good thing? And she's like, no, that's a very bad thing. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting that from her. And she explained yeah. to me why, as a doctor, it, it's horrible. And she said, your mom yeah. is going to be hurt by this because it's going to be certain medicines that are not going to be covered under her Medicaid Medicare program. And sure mm -hmm. enough, there were certain things that when I brought up, she was like, yeah, unfortunately, it was covered before. Now it's not covered. And yep. there are certain experimental that things that... My yeah, see? Yeah, exactly. There are certain yep. things that... that you know, were experimental, which they could have easily put her on those experimental drugs, and now all of a sudden that option was off the table. And yeah. that is, again, mankind meddling in things they shouldn't be meddling in, and that, that's why I love when I talk to people like yourself who have an open mind and infuse other forms of trying to help people because you're doing it for the right reasons to help individuals and help save lives not just try to make money and 
And uh, that's the main issue I have with a lot of these institutions. And one of the reasons why I stopped, you know, even considering myself a Democrat or Republican or I don't belong to any group. I'm not religious in any form. I'm agnostic. I don't belong to any party politically because at the end of the day, they're all full of it, Joseph. They're all full of one yeah. thing. That's the want for money, the desire yeah. for money. They want to get paid. That's all, all these uh, groups care about is making that buck. This goes, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If we are, so what if we're co-creators in this thing called life? What would happen if we get separated by things like language, like culture, like religion, like everything? You know, the separation is what it divides us from each other to yep. become those powerful co-creators and, and manifest the basically, you know, our dreams, our desires and everything. Because whenever you, you know, my God's better than your God or my country's better than yours, all it does is create separation. And as you step outside of these boxes that, that you may have once been in, like myself, and I'm not, you know, I'm here joking about it because I was there. So mm. I'm not trying to offend anybody that is Catholic, but you know what? Maybe take another look. And if you are where you are, you know what? Then you're perfectly fine. But I'm not judging you. I've been there, done that, and it's just not for me anymore. And so I see, because I stepped out of it, that, oh, my gosh, this is these are all control mechanisms to keep us fighting and keep us, you know, from collectively coming together to make a better world. I mean, if you ever just looked at nature, you go out and you see an anthill. These ants are all working together for a common goal. And and it's just it's natural. It's it's just like to me it's like, oh my God, look at these guys are working, 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 working. And and they're all working in unison for a common mm -hmm. good. And if humanity would ever do that, man, we could make so many changes and things on this planet would be so awesome. I just hope we get to that in my lifetime. I don't know. I'm hopeful, but you know, who knows? We'll see. Have you ever seen that video, or this uh, a few of them actually, speaking of ants, uh, where they uh, gone in and poured concrete on a huge ant hill, and uh, then they, they let it you know harden, and they go in and they dig out uh, the dirt around it so you kind of see the structures that ants built underground, and it's amazing. I mean, these, these yeah. little buggers, mm -hmm. you, you think they're just little tiny insects, they built communities homes, yeah. all kinds of things, like things that we would look at I me mean, like that looks like a roadway to another part of like uh, of the, another uh, part of the, the ground, uh, maybe where the queen would be or, you know, where they, they all mm. sleep or something. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's interesting how intricate uh, these things are when you're looking at them. They're like so small and you're like, there's no way they could be that smart. But yet they, yeah. they are there. There's an intelligence there because you don't just create yeah. like that without having right. intelligence behind it, which also, uh, in, uh, I know we're a little short on time, but I wanted to uh, kind of address that, uh, it, you know, what do ants look like, if not like the greys, but a lot smaller, right? You know, you look at the greys, yeah. big black eyes, <laughs> bug-looking almost, uh, you know, what if, you know, you know, we are to them what ants are to us, you know, and they look at us in the same way. Well, we're creative, and we think we're, like, the, the most highest intelligence, but we really yeah. are not. I mean, we're no. not the highest intelligence in the no. universe, or the, or even maybe our own 
solar system, maybe even our own planet. And that's scary yeah. in itself. So what if all creation that's on this particular planet are just microcosm of a macrocosm? And so yeah. we have representations of ETs all over this planet. There may be a elephant person. There may be an ant person. There may be a bird-type ET person. And they're all mm -hmm. reflections here on this particular planet. And the reason I say it, well, there's several reasons, but I'm only going to talk about one here. And that's the cave paintings that have. Like whenever I was uh, um, exploring the Hopi and uh, the various uh, indigenous tribes that were in uh, uh, Arizona and New Mexico and Colorado, and there was these cave paintings there, and there's these petroglyphs that are all over the place, and you see mm -hmm. all of this, and you're like, oh, my God. Here it is, just a reflection of, of you know, here's an ant and there's an ant being. And so I think yeah. that, that, that there's also geometrics to, you were talking about the ants and the ant hill. I think that there's a consciousness there. And so the same with like beehives and different things like that. If you take the geometric shapes and you put them together like the Fibonacci sequence and, and you, you, the golden ratio Everything in nature is tuned in, and their consciousness is such that they're, they, I think they work together because they haven't lost what we have. I, I really think we've lost our way in that, and we're not tuned in like we could and should be. And that would change everything, too. I completely agree. Give the audience a, a website or whatever you're working on so they can keep track of you, and uh, let's have you back on real soon because I love talking to you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me back on. It's 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 been great. And, uh, yeah, if people just want to look into Interstellar Wellness Center, and you just Google that, and there's uh, my website, and uh, I have some videos on there of some testimonies and uh, the other thing is if you want to look into things like uh, ozone, uh, Dr. Robbins, uh, DPM in uh, uh, New York City, and Dr. Uh, Rowan, MD, in Santa Rosa, California, uh, it could probably help a lot of people with a lot of problems. And it's just amazing what that does. And so I'm so excited about it. Uh, I know we didn't get into it a lot tonight, but it's something that people could research for themselves. And all the other things, you know, what's nice about your radio shows, if uh, people record it, you know, they can go back and listen to certain things and go, oh, I wanted to look that up, you know, and it may help some people. And that's what we're here to do. At least, you know, I know you're, um, you and I have discussed these things in the past and, you know, we're here to help humanity. And hopefully we did that tonight. Definitely. And uh, again, I want to have you back on soon, not in about, not six years from now. I want to have you back. All on. right, buddy. Uh, a lot oh, sooner than that, man. Me I'll come in. <laughs> <laughs> You're always great to have on, and uh, I, I miss talking to you. And uh, as my health is uh, getting better, I uh, plan to be doing this show a lot more, and hopefully you can join us and uh, be a voice inside the jackal's head. Hey, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Have a great night.